I have, you know, I have a lot of ADD, and so I was getting ready to go up to the sanctuary in Evergreen, and so I was shaving, and then I thought about something, and I went and did that, and then I got in my car, and I went up there, and I had forgotten to finish shaving, so I had only shaved half of... Uh, <laughs> And then on the way home, I was in a hurry, but my feet got hot and my shoes were kind of damp, and so I thought, I thought I would put it out the window to dry as I'm driving. <laughs> and so I, I now have one shoe for, shoe for sale, if you're interested. I, all of that to know that this is the person whom you'll be getting some spiritual advice from today. So take it for what it's worth. As you, as you think about your future, What's one, one worry or perhaps one fear you might hold? So think about your future. What's just one, one thing that you are worried about or you fear? My father-in-law, who's 92, told me that he doesn't worry because the Scripture says that's sin. But he's just very, very aware. <laughs> so what's something you're very, very aware of? Father, as we gather together in your name and all that that implies, we do, carry, we do carry some stuff that makes life a little harder. And as we have this conversation with you and about you and together today, I pray that you would release us maybe just a little bit or perhaps completely. In Jesus' name. There will be no words today that will be new to you, I'm quite certain. No scripture that you've never heard. The Lord is my shepherd, and I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A couple of um, preliminary thoughts. One, if I'm sure, like I had said, you, you're, you've probably heard this passage. And it's possible if you've heard a sermon on this that you have a preconceived idea based on what you've learned about sheep. If I were to ask you, what's the word that describes sheep that you've learned in sermons before, what would that word be? Dumb. Sheep are dumb. I'm here representing the society of misrepresented sheep. And in fact, we are not dumb. Dumb is a word, I think, that reflects one of the fears we have as people. The reason we call sheep dumb is because we see in sheep something 
that we know to be true of us, but there, there's no value. We don't think this is a great characteristic. And in, here's the word. Sheep aren't dumb. Sheep are dependent. There's almost no place you can go in this world where being dependent is considered good. I can remember I've been in some church staffs and I'm not throwing any, not in this church staff meetings, I've been to those, but I've been in some and, and quite honestly, the, the last thing you would want to be said about you in a church staff meeting is that you're one of those needy people. As if there are not needy people, but I've got a neighbor. Um, his dad says he understands maybe at a very, very young child's perception. He's in his mid-30s, and he's nonverbal. Um, and he's got, you know, pretty significant issues. He can't see very well, and he doesn't have good coordination. You get the picture. And he lives right next door to me, and... Um, you know, I'll say hi to him. I admit, his dad didn't say, I've got to remember this. His dad has not told me he's hard of hearing, but I always yell, Dwayne! And I, I need to stop doing that. He probably can hear me just fine. But I always yell, and so now over time, he'll always wave to me, and he walks by. We have a path right in front of our little porch, um, and he'll walk by. Now he waves, and he'll stop until I acknowledge him, and I wave back. And, and um, so we've begun, you know, he, and just recently he got a little dog, a little dog, and I asked his caretaker, he has a caretaker full-time every day, um, well, eight hours a day, and her name is Missy, and so now, as he walks by with his new dog, it's been really a delight, because he's now out of the house, which I didn't see him very often, he's out maybe eight times a day walking, walking Missy, and poor Missy, he doesn't know if she's behind him, he's just walking, and hopefully, she's the sweetest little dog, but now he'll stop, and he'll always point at Missy, and then I have to say Missy's name, well, then the other day I, I said to his caretaker, hey, if anything ever happens, you know, uh, dad's not in real good health either. Just tell Dwayne, he can try to see if you could communicate. He's welcome to come get me. And so then I hear this knock on the door and there's Dwayne and Missy and he wants to go on a walk. He wants me to go on the walk with him. So I did that and then the other morning I, um, I had the door open and I was watching television and I hear something, I turn around and Dwayne's standing right behind me with Missy and scared me to death. All that to say, Dwayne is lovely. Just a lovely, I was telling April, what would it be like to navigate life with no guile, with no agenda, with no enemies? He's a lovely person. He's not dumb. He's dependent. There's a big difference. Sheep, so we're talking about sheep. I'm just giving you, I'm, that was a long story. Sorry about that. Sheep are not dumb. Sheep, sheep run away. Like if there's something we know in the Bible, there's something about sheep and there's something about running away. You know, all we like sheep have gone astray. The, Jesus, uh, one of his most famous stories about a sheep that runs away and he's looking. It, sheep run away. Um... It's almost as if they uh, can't face the fact that they need a shepherd. When I was a kid, I ran away a few times. I had a weird home life. And as I was getting ready for this and thinking about this message, I, I thought, 
I, I, I remember the times I ran away from home. And I was just a little kid, and usually it was just for a day. And I guess I'd always thought it was because I was trying to escape something. And the more I thought about this, it wasn't that. It's I wanted somebody to miss me. I wanted them to notice that I was gone. And I wanted somebody to come look for me. Sheep cannot survive without a shepherd. Lots of domesticated animals can. I don't know if you've been around, but there are places in the world where there are feral cats. Cats that were domesticated, they got away, and they just live on their own. Lots of places. There's, there's dogs that are domesticated, but somehow they've gotten away, and they form a pack, and they live just fine without anybody feeding them. I was just in southern Utah. In southern Utah, I don't know if you know this, there are wild burrows from who knows when the burrows escaped and now they live just perfectly fine on their own. There's nobody feeding them. There are wild horses in the west. You've never run across a pack of wild sheep. Never. They cannot survive if they do not have a shepherd. Lastly, sheep have only one, it appears to me, there's only one thing they have to wake up in the morning and do, and that's just follow a shepherd. So in the, maybe in the language of a comedian in the 90s, how do you know if you need a shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And I believe David, who obviously was a shepherd, that was his first job, I believe as he's reminiscing about his early career, begins to sort of have this light bulb moment when he recognizes, oh, the Lord is my shepherd, just like I used to be a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, and the rest of this song I think is going to sort of try to prove his point, his premise, his thesis. Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. How do you know if you need a shepherd? Here's a question. Do you know when enough is enough? Do you know if you have enough? Do you have the sense that you're going to be okay for retirement? You feel okay? I got enough in the bank. Do you, do you know when you've pursued a relationship long enough and when to let it go? Do you know if you've been a good enough parent? Do you have a sense that enough is enough? Do you know when enough is enough? Or would you be better off if somebody else could tell you and speak into your life, that's enough. You're going to be okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I, don't, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Do you know what refreshes your soul? Everybody has like a different answer to that. It, there's no wrong answers, and it's not rhetorical. So I'm going to ask you, and I'll let you say it out loud. Do you know what refreshes your soul? Sleep. Excellent. A bike ride? Walking? Somebody say, I can't hear well. Church. 
Oh, that's always a very good answer. That's a very good. Church for some people, yeah. Music. Music. Greeting. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seeing people. You're good at that. Yeah. Fuzzy's a really good greeter. It refreshes his soul. Pretty long list, right? For me, it's, um, I have a couple. One is in the mornings, we live in a, our, our mobile home sits in front of a, either a small lake or a big pond. I don't know what you'd call it. And in the mornings, I, uh, there's lots of animals. There's, we've seen all kinds of wildlife. And I just, just recently, I put up a bird feeder. And in the mornings, the little small songbirds come. And then yesterday, now this, just hang with me, yesterday, where the seeds fall onto my deck, there was a rat. I didn't even know there were rats in Colorado. It's the first time I've ever seen a rat in Colorado. I've seen them in back east. No offense to those from back east, but I've never seen one in Colorado. And I loved it. It was just, anyhow, I, I was just fat. I could sit there for hours and watch. He would sneak in and the birds, it refreshed my soul. I know what refreshes my soul. I know you know what refreshes your soul. So why when I feel stressed or lonely do I binge on Netflix and eat a donut? I know what will refresh my soul. I've had those experiences. But it's not always my my first or best instinct to go to what refreshes my soul when my soul needs to be refreshed. I need a shepherd to tell me. I need to ask the shepherd. I need to go where he leads me. You may need a shepherd if you're not always sure what's right. He, the shepherd, guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Do you always know what is right? Well, get together with just a small group of friends, 5.30, and just ask this question. Where do you want to eat? No, I don't know what your experience is, but I, nobody ever goes, I know. Like, we're just, there's just sort of this indecisiveness. Like, we can't even decide because of all the factors, like, oh, what if they don't like it? We, we just, where should we eat? We can't, April and I can't decide what movie do you want to see. It, I mean, it's dumb. It doesn't really matter. But there are decisions that do matter. We've, it feels like maybe it's new, but I guess as I think about it, it's not new that we've defaulted to this intuitive morality. That morality, this idea of right and wrong, is, is easily intuited within me. That each person just automatically knows the right thing to do. I don't know if you've been part of some theological conversations, and it's often that in theology, the Bible is telling what feels like two different stories. For example, on the one hand, as our loving pastor said today, we are dirtbags. And true, we are dust, but also there is implied in that that we are bent towards doing what we want to do. Damn the consequences. And on the other hand, we are people who are 
made in the image of God. Somehow those stories do collide in the person of Jesus, but for our purposes right now, I would say I wouldn't hold a hundred percent to the fact that people are completely good in the sense that they know how to do the right thing. And yet I've been in these arguments where it, it feels like somebody's saying that the, there is no such thing as this internal need to do what I want, damn the consequences. I didn't think of it at the time, but in that conversation, I wished I had asked this person who was telling me, who said, quote, the problem with the church today is we believe that we, that the world is sinful. And I wish I had asked them, would you be willing to live in a small town that had no laws? There was no rule against stealing or murder? Do you always know what's right, or would it be better if a shepherd could tell you what is right, if the shepherd could lead you down the path? Are you defensive? Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they'll comfort me. My first question, as you think about the future, what's one worry or fear you have? Mine is, I worry I won't have enough friends when I get old. I make friends quickly, but I don't keep them for long. I had last week and was my 40th high school reunion. I went to my 10th, and I'm not sure why I went to my 10th, because if I didn't know really anybody in high school, I'm not sure what would make me suddenly know them at my 10th reunion. And I'm not saying this in a, well, a little bit. Okay, I'm saying this in a self-pitying way. Um, there wasn't anybody looking for me. There wasn't anybody who came up to me and go, man, I was hoping you'd be here. I mean, people, some people knew who I was, and they were cordial, but they didn't miss me. And I, I, do, have, I do have a few really, really deep friends, but just a, just a few. And they're not in very good health. So what happens if they die before me? This is my worry. So I'm defensive. I'm defensive and feel I have to protect myself against what will people think because if they think badly of me, I'm going to lose even more friends. And I don't want to lose more friends. And so I worry and I worry. My valley of the shadow of death is my fear of loneliness. I was thinking of a, a way to test that. I'll share it with you. I want you to imagine that someone you love very much, you care about, comes and, and asks you for a favor. They, they request you to do something for them. Will you please? And you fill in the blank. Not life-threatening, let's not go there, but it's important to them. 
I want you to imagine that this person who you love asks you to do something and you look them in the eye and you say this. No. And here's the hard part. You don't give an explanation. I, I think about, if you remember, when Jesus was... Uh, in a town and nearby was his, one of his very close friends, Lazarus, do you remember? And they came and they told Jesus, Jesus, Lazarus is really sick. Will you come heal him? And Jesus said, no. And he didn't explain it at that moment. I know it's a weird story, but it's, it, I feel like it's my responsibility to defend myself against the thing that I'm afraid will kill me. I need a shepherd who will walk with me through my valley. In the song, now there's a shift. There's a weird shift. Um, I still think we're in this metaphor of shepherd and sheep. I do believe that. But everything in the song before that has been things that we, would, we could easily imagine a sheep and a shepherd doing, lying in the green pasture, going to get still water, being defended against predators, all of that. But now it shifts, and now we have this picture of a shepherd and a sh sheep, but it is no longer this agricultural imagery, but now it becomes an imagery of hospitality. <laughs> this is really weird. All right, I'll give you an example. So now we're talking sheep and shepherd, and this is basically the sheep saying to the shepherd, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So there's like this domestic animal that's coming into the house. Uh, not a domestic animal, I'm sorry, a farm animal that's coming into the house. It's just weird. Like you've seen on YouTube people that have pet donkeys or something. My brother... My brother in high school had a 15-foot reticulated python in the house. I, you know, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not picky about pets. I just have two rules. I'm not going to have a pet that can kill me or that's going to just indiscriminately poop anywhere at once. Those are the only two rules I have. And so in this weird shift of a story, we now have the shepherd not just doing shepherdly things, but now the shepherd is hosting a, sh a sheep. Do you have a sense that you are special? That you are invaluable? That you are, you are treasured? The Bible, back to this idea, the Bible often will tell two stories. On the one hand, the Bible will tell this story, and it is part of this story, that there is no hierarchy. There is Jesus, the head, and there's us. Now, he disperses, you know, functional things to get done in terms of leaders, but leaders aren't leaders because they're special. Leaders aren't leaders because they're better people. I've shared with you before, I have a pet peeve when people talk about somebody who's really gifted. And my question is, as opposed to who? The others that are semi-gifted, quasi-gifted, almost gifted? 
We're all the, the body of Jesus. We're the body of Jesus. And Paul even does this whole big thing about one's not more important than the other. Just different functions. We get that. And yet the Bible also tells a story that not only are you part of a flock, again, the sheep thing, sheep need to be in a flock, but there's another story which is you, you are his absolute favorite. Only God can pull this off. That you're not, you're not special relative to anybody else. But he invites all of us to be his favorite child. And in this story, you get the sense that we've shifted a little bit from the flock to now telling this story. You're the favorite sheep. So favored are you that he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna create a feast and he's going to invite the people that don't like you. He's going to invite the people who in high school made fun of you. He's going to invite the people who you've dreamed to one day run and run, you know, walk into, meet in the street, and you are the famous one, and they're not. That high school guy with all the medallions, all the metal on his chest, he's big and fat, and you are buff with a beauty on your arm. That's what you're hoping for. And he's going to invite that guy metaphorically to your feast held in your honor and in front of everybody he's going to take oil and pour it over you an extravagant an extravagant gesture of hospitality and love and then he's going to invite you a sheep to live in his house forever you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup overflows I can't even I can't hold all the goodness surely for sure your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever Sometimes in the Bible, there is the simplest of premises that can have the most profound impact in our lives. The Lord is my shepherd. It's going to all be okay. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, there's, man, a whole book full of, of love for us, sometimes in ways that are hard for us to find. We have to do a little digging, and we have to wait to see how the story's going to end. But I don't think so today. I think it's really clear today. So as Peter was praying earlier, Oh God, help me repent. Help me change my mind about what I think I need in life. Oh God, help me repent from this belief I have that for life to work, I have to make it work. That if I'm going to be safe, I have to make myself safe. If I'm going to have enough, I have to hoard. 
that if I'm not going to be afraid, I have to figure out how not to be afraid. Oh, God. Oh, God, help me. Help me just listen and follow my good shepherd. Help me believe the gospel. Amen. And on the night that he was betrayed, the, the good shepherd, the one who said, my sheep hear my voice. And what he's saying to you is, come and um, experience this feast that I'm going to lay out for you, this feast that's my own body, my own blood. On the night when it seemed like darkness was going to rule the world on the night that the Bible says he was betrayed. Can you imagine God betrayed? He said he took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body. (laughs) Interesting, like Peter said earlier, I want you to eat it. Who wants their body to be eaten? Only someone who is possessed only by love could say those words. And this is the blood of the, he calls it the new covenant. It's the, we might call it like a deal or an arrangement. And he wanted to remind them that the arrangement, the deal, It's not dependent on them. This is the blood of the new covenant. You don't have to earn it, work for it. You simply trust it. And in the white cup is juice, and in the brown cup here is wine. On on the side here will be um, a gluten-free bread option also and juice. And as you're taking what we call communion today, I want to I remind you of one thing so I don't forget, but also so you can be thinking about it. After, after the service part, there will be people here who would be willing to pray with you. And then today there's also some folks who have a gift of encouraging people, who have a gift of hearing what God would love to say to you so that you can be reminded of how much he loves you. That's what they call prophetic prayer. That word used to scare me because I thought it meant somebody's going to tell you all the bad things I've been doing lately. That's not what prophetic prayer is. It's somebody who knows and can hear from God a special word that you might need about how much he loves you and cares about you. So I invite you to come. At the end of Jesus' story about the lost sheep, he simply says this. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and he says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Maybe you have felt lost. Sit still. The Savior's going to find you. So this week our benediction is, help us be good sheep, Lord, and look to the shepherd. Amen.